Hey guys, welcome to the weekly podcast of Encounter Church, Sedalia, Missouri. It's our prayer that this message is a blessing and an encouragement to your life. If you want more information about Encounter Church, please go to our website, EncounterChurch.ag. Thanks again. Enjoy the message. But how many of you are ready for the Word of God this morning? Amen. Amen. Well, this morning, we are going to kick off, as I stated, a brand new series. We're going to hang out in this series for about seven weeks. We're going to process through this idea of all in, fully advancing with God. You see, the goal of this great series is to take us from just being casual church attendees to individuals with a desire to not only profess to be a follower of Christ, not just to attend church on a Sunday morning or punch a spiritual time card, but one that is engaged, and here it is, in a daily representation of who Christ is. Are you ready for that? Man, I'm telling you what, I'm telling you straight up here, the days of just playing church are over. I'm not just giving you lip service this morning. I'm telling you, we are at a critical point in our culture. We're at a place and a point in our culture where the church, the people of God, are going to have to choose. Am I truly going to follow after the Word of God, or am I going to allow the world to taint the Word of God, and am I going to go along with that? Right? Right? Romans chapter 12 says that we aren't to be conformed to the world, but we are to be what? Transformed by the renewing of our minds. In other words, allow the Word of God to so penetrate who you are that you can't help but to represent Him with every step you take. Are you willing to be all in? Let me give you the definition, the term all in. It literally means to be completely committed to something. 100% sold out. Are you willing to go all in for the advancement of the kingdom of God? Can you truly say yes to that this morning? I'm all in. Yes, I'm all in. I'm fully committed to advancing the kingdom of God. But three little words make it very difficult for some. No matter what. Are you willing to be all in no matter what? No matter what the opposition is, no matter what the confrontation is, no matter what the pushback is, no matter what the struggle is, are you willing to be all in for the kingdom of God? Or are you happy just going through the motions? Are you happy just coming in on a Sunday morning for an hour and 15 minutes? God, I will give you an hour and 15 minutes a week. But the rest of the time is mine. That's not the relationship that God's looking for. Can I be pretty blunt? He's not looking for a weekend one-night stand. Yet that oftentimes is what we in America have given him. It's a weekend fling. We give an hour and 15 minutes and then, well, now I'm back into my week. 
Now I can do what I want with my time because I went to church. But can I be honest and tell you that going to church isn't going to get you to heaven? It's not. You can come into church every single week and split the gates of hell wide open. You see, it's about having an all-in relationship with Jesus. Jesus himself said, if you want to be my follower, here's what you've got to do. You've got to deny yourself daily. Take up your cross. Follow after me. He doesn't say, if you want to be my follower, just kind of do a couple of things and you'll be all right. Are you willing to be all in no matter what? Our text this morning, in fact, it's going to be our text for about four or five weeks, uh, is found in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4 and 5. It's a, a portion of Scripture which the Jewish people call the Shema. And we're going to talk about that word Shema in just a moment. And it simply says this, Listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. Today, I want to take a moment as we launch into this series, and I want to begin to dissect this great commandment. I want to discover and even uncover how it applies to our lives today. Now, in the New Testament, um, we find a moment in time where Jesus was confronted um, by some Jewish leaders, and they were trying to um, really trip Jesus up. They're trying to trap him in a moment. You see, the Jewish people had a, a set of rules that they call the mitzvah, 613 rules, things you should do and things you shouldn't do. It, it covered items such as food. What food could you assume? What or consume? What food should you not consume? What you should do? What you shouldn't do? How you should worship God? The problem is the Jewish people somewhat... Um, had a difficult time agreeing what the most importance of the mitzvot was. What was the most important of the 613 rules? So they thought, well, if we can just get Jesus in the moment to, to tell us something, if it contradicts what another group of the Jewish people think, then we can get this little uh, controversy and struggle going on, then maybe we can trap him in, him, and maybe we can take him down, and he won't be a problem anymore. Hmm. They asked Jesus that question, and he responded in the book of Matthew and Luke. You can find this um, conversation. He responds by quoting this particular command, the Shema. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength. Now, Jesus went on to say, and the second is equally important, love your neighbor as yourself. This kind of sets some of them back just a little bit. What does that mean to us? Well, I believe that if we really apply this great commandment to love God with all that we are to the very innermost part of our being, then everything else will fall into place. Why? Why is that? Why will everything else fall into place? Because when we love God with all we are on the inside and on the outside, suddenly we see things from a new perspective. We respond to things in a, with a different heart. We invest in others in a more caring way. 
Why? Because we allow ourselves to be truly all in with and for Jesus. We truly desire to to fully advance the kingdom of God. Now, as I stated, this section of Scripture, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength, this is referred to as the Shema for the Jewish people. They so uh, adored this section of the Scripture that they would repeat it numerous times a day. Numerous times a day, they would quote, listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind, or your strength. They were all in, daily making this part of their heart, and they're daily making this part of their life. And I wonder, are we willing to do that today, to be all in, to truly love God with all that we are, with every portion of our being, to love Him and Him alone? Over the next seven weeks, we're going to process through this idea of all in with Jesus. Four or five weeks of that are going to be dedicated this, to this one scripture, the Shema that the Jewish people would daily recite. Now, it's vital that we grasp, truly grasp and apply this great command if we really want to be all in with God. Now, this morning, we're not going to get very far into the Shema. In fact, we're going to get to the first word. Listen. How many of you know that it's important to listen? When your kids are really little, you spend a lot of time training them the importance of listening. Why? So that if they're running toward the street and you yell stop, they stop. If they're going to the stove and the stove is hot and you yell stop, they stop. You tell them to listen. Why? Because something important is happening, something particularly dangerous or something harmful or something important for them is getting ready to occur. They need to really process what's happening. We're going to look at the word listen, or in some translations, it's the word hear. You may not have given it much thought before, but truth be told, this word, it means much more than just perceiving sound waves that are traveling through the air. It's more than just grabbing a hold of an auditory sound or something that's happening around us. We say things like, did you hear that? Or, yes, I hear you. But the word Shema is so much more than simply grabbing a hold of a sound around you. It means to have the ability to perceive, to give heed to, to consent to, or even agree to. It means to obey, to pay attention, and even respond to what you hear. Do you see the depth of this word, listen? It's the word Shema. The word Shema goes everywhere from perceiving to obeying, to following through with what we receive. In other words, there is action that is taken in response to the audible perception of what is being said. 
Let me ask you again. Are you willing to be all in with God? Do you truly allow the words of God to be more than an audible perception in your life? Do you allow there to be a response to what you hear from God's word? Do you allow there to be a response from what you hear God speak into your life? Or do you allow it to go in one ear and out the other? Maybe, just possibly, recognize and say, I think I heard something but not giving it much attention. You see, truth be told, listening and doing, they go hand in hand. One is dependence upon the other. Now Moses, the author of Deuteronomy, he took this one step further. After he wrote, listen, O Israel, the Lord is God, the Lord alone, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength. He goes on to say this, and you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly. Come on, that's not just a suggestion. That's not just a small amount of commitment. I mean, he's saying you must be all in to these commands that I have given you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. In other words, train up a child in the way they should go, right? Can I get on a soapbox for a moment? Parents, lead your children in the ways of God. If you don't lead them, somebody's going to. And I would venture to say that society, culture, the world around you is not going to lead them to God. You have a responsibility. God is entrusting you in this moment as you raise this child. He's trusting you to raise them in a way that honors him. Let me move on. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you were at home and when you were on the road when you were going to bed, when you were getting up, tie them around your hands and wear them on your foreheads as reminders. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. In other words, let them be a regular part of your life. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength. Be all in for the kingdom of God. It's an action to the commitment, to the words that you hear. Don't allow the word of God simply to be received as recognition of a sound wave. Yes, I hear that. But rather as a call to action. Lord, I hear you. Lord, I, I receive your words today. Lord, I no longer just want to play church. God, I just don't want to go through the motions. But Lord, I want to be all in for you. Lord, I want to lay it all before you. God, I'm going to be so committed to you. Lord, I, I hear you and I respond to you. That's what we're talking about today. That's what the Jewish people saw in the Shema. It was more than I hear the voice of God. I listen. I grab a hold of. I retain. I put into action. And I obey the very word of God. Allow it to bring about a response into your heart as you follow after him. 
Now, today, I want to give you four directives, four things that I see in this section of Scripture, four um, ideas that we need to grab a hold of today if we're truly going to be all in. Are you ready? Are you ready? All right, number one, we must hear the voice of God. We must hear. The very first step of listening is hearing, right? Are you listening today? The first step is to truly hear the voice of God. Let me kind of nerd out on you just for a moment. I looked up this idea of of hearing um, online on cochlea.org. I found this. Auditory perception is our brain's interpretation and understanding of our sound environments. Because absolute silence exists only in a vacuum, we are constantly confronted with sound sources, either useful or unwanted, that can occur simultaneously or one after another. How do we sort through all of these sounds? Put simply, our ears code the different sound messages that reach us, and our brains carry out the task of reconstructing and sorting them using attention and memory. This allows us, for example, to recognize different voices, to understand speech, to follow a conversation when there are other sounds around, or to distinguish between different elements of a complex sound and therefore enjoy music. What in the world does that mean? I lost some of you at auditory perception. I mean, right, but I begin to read that, and all along as I'm reading through, I thought, man, that is so true. In our walk with Jesus Christ, it's vital that we learn to differentiate between all of the noise. Because we're bombarded with so many distractions in life. There are so many things that are shooting at us, so many conversations, so many things that we read, so many things that we hear, so many bits of information, true and even not true. How do we come to the place of filtering through all of that? Well, that's where hearing comes into play. We must so tune our minds and our ears and our thoughts in to the very Word of God that we understand when He is speaking to our lives. We've got to learn to differentiate between what's useful and what's not useful, what's beneficial and what's harmful, what's just noise, what's merely distraction, And what is that that can lead us to a better relationship with Jesus Christ? You see, until we come to the place of eliminating the extra noise in life, we will never come to the place of truly hearing the voice of God. I can't tell you how many people I've had tell me over many years of ministry, they say, Pastor, I've just never heard the voice of God. My question is, are you listening? And when you're listening, are you eliminating the extra noise? Some of us, man, we, we may be trying to read, we may be trying to, to pray, we may be trying to focus in on God, but we've got so much other noise around us, we haven't separated ourselves. There's a reason why Jesus went away by himself to pray. 
I don't know about you, but when I get in those times of prayer or even times of reading the Bible, that's when all the distractions come up. That's when all y'all decide to start texting me. That's when that information starts running through my mind of the to-do list for the week. Come on, anybody else? That there comes a point at a time that we've got to remove the distractions so that we can truly hear the voice of God. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 12 says it this way, ears to hear and eyes to see, both are gifts from the Lord. God gave us ears. God gave us eyes. Why? So that we can grab a hold of, so we can perceive, so we can grab a hold and really apply the things he has for us. He desires for us to not only see clearly what he's laid in front, but to have the capability to truly hear to differentiate between noise and benefits what he's laid before us. You see, the very first directive is we must hear the voice of God. The second is this. We must pay attention to the voice of God. Are any of you guilty of hearing but not paying attention? How many of you husbands are guilty of that? Like two of us in the room. Thank you for your honesty. The rest, of, the rest of them heard me, but they weren't paying attention. See, there was the problem. It went, oh, he's saying something, but I don't know what he's saying. That's kind of like lunch every day. Pastor Andy is the king, the king of, of being so focused on something in front of him that he has no clue of the conversation. And then 10 minutes later, he's like, I got a great idea. And he says what we just said 10 minutes earlier. Is this right, Jesse? This is so Pastor Andy. So we've got to hear the voice of God, but we've also got to pay attention to the voice of God. Proverbs chapter 8, verse 33 says this, listen, that's the word shema, everybody say shema, listen to my instruction and be wise. Do not disregard it. Come on, look at this, folks. The Bible says that we are to listen to God's instruction. That we are to heed the advice. That we are to take it seriously. That we are to pay attention. Don't push it to the side. Don't say, well, I'll attend to that later. But grab a hold of it in the moment. The Bible goes on in verse 34 to say, blessed are those who shema. Blessed are those who listen to me. Shema. We must learn to not only perceive, but to truly pay attention to what God is speaking to our lives. I'm reminded of a story in the Old Testament, a young boy by the name of Samuel. Samuel was living with the priest, and the Bible says in 1 Samuel chapter 3, it says, meanwhile, the boy Samuel served the Lord. Now, mind you, Samuel knew the word of God. Okay? He was serving the Lord by assisting Eli. Now, in those days, the messages from the Lord were very rare and visions were quite uncommon. But one night, Eli, that's the priest, who was almost blind by now, had gone to bed. The lamp of God had not yet gone out. 
And Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God. That's where the presence of the Lord was. Suddenly the Lord called out, Samuel! Yes, Samuel replied. What is it? He got up and he ran to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you, Eli replied. Go back to bed. So he did. Then the Lord called out again, Samuel! And Samuel got up and he went back to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? Again, Samuel, uh, the Lord called out to Samuel. Samuel went to Eli. I didn't call you, my son. Go back to bed. Samuel did not yet know the Lord because he had never had a message from the Lord before. So the Lord called a third time, and once more Samuel got up and he went to Eli. Could you imagine Eli in this moment? Boy, I didn't call you. Go to bed. It's kind of like we have a new cat in our house, a one-year-old kitten. And about 5.30 in the morning, she decides it's time that we all get up. So this morning, I realized if I cover my head with the sheet and blankets, she'll meow for a moment, but then she goes to my wife. <laughs> I listened. You see, there's so many distractions. So, so Samuel, I don't know why I told you that, but maybe it's just confession. Because she got up and the cat thought she was feeding her and the cat followed and she locked the cat out and we went back to sleep. It was great. So, so Eli calls out to, to Samuel and says, go back to bed. But, but he says, now this time I want you to do something different. Eli realized that it was the Lord that was calling the boy. So he said to Samuel, go and lie down again. And if someone calls you again, say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel went back to bed. And the Lord came and called out as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel replied, speak, your servant is listening. And I began to look at this story. And I realized that a, a change took place in young Samuel's life. What happened in this moment? Did you see it? Here's what I saw. Samuel moved from just hearing a voice or perceiving a voice to truly paying attention to who it was that was calling him. Now, anybody else see like just great value in that? Some of us, God calls out to us, and we're like, man, I don't know if that was Taco Bell, I don't know if that was pizza, but something made a noise, something made a rumble, something is calling for my attention, and God is saying, it's me, just recognize my voice. How do I know it's God? How do I know God's speaking to me? How do I know it's not a distraction? Well, a couple truths on the voice of God. Number one, God will never contradict himself. Come on, look at that. God will never contradict himself. That's vitally important. Some of you need to write that down. I saw a lot of pencils come up at that moment. You need to understand that God will never go against his word. If God's speaking something to you and it doesn't line up with the Bible, guess what? That's not God. God will never contradict himself. Let me just also say this. Man, over 23 years, 24 years of ministry, I have had numerous people walk up and they'll say this to me. Pastor, I have a word from God for you. I've heard that a lot. 
And here's always my response. Well, let me hear it. I'll process it. I'll make sure it lines up with him. And then I'll tell him. Why? Because there's a lot of kooks out there. I don't want to make sure you're not a kook. I'm just being honest. But God will never contradict himself. If someone walks up and says, I've got a word for God, from God for you, grab a hold of that and say, Lord, does this line up with you? God, is this of you? God will never contradict himself. The second thing is this. The more you listen to his voice, the more you will hear his voice. The more that you shema his voice, the more that you will shema his voice. Well, pastor, you use the same word. Yes, because the two are the same. It's a greater depth of this. The more you listen, in other words, the more that you perceive that there's a sound going on, the more that you perceive that God is speaking, the more that you will pay attention to what he is saying to you. Samuel took the time to differentiate the audible sound waves and remove the distractions and came to the place of realizing it wasn't Eli, the priest, that was calling out to him, but it was God Almighty. He determined whose voice it truly was. What's our third directive? Well, number one, we've got to hear the voice of God. Number two, pay attention to the voice of God. Number three is this, you must obey the voice of God. Look at your neighbor and say, you've got to obey. Exodus 19. Now therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my commandments, you shall be my treasured possession among all peoples, for all the earth is mine. Now, the Hebrew word shema is actually used twice in this section of Scripture. If you will indeed shema my voice and shema my command. If you will shema and shema. If you will listen closely. There's an emphasis that is placed upon truly perceiving and following the voice of God. What God is getting at is this. He has a desire. God has a desire that we move past just audibly hearing, that we move forward and further than just paying attention, but that we truly begin to listen and obey the Word of God. You see, there is no separate word for obey than there is listen. The two are the same. It simply means to carry out the wishes of another. I want to listen. I'm willing to listen, but I'm also willing to do what you say. I will shema. In John chapter 10, um, Jesus refers to himself as the good shepherd. He uses the illustration that the sheep will listen, the sheep in the field will listen, will recognize the shepherd's voice, and that they will come to him, but this obedience doesn't stop there. Look in verse 4. It says, After he, the good shepherd, has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them, and they what? And they follow him. Why? Because they know his voice. The sheep recognize the voice of Jesus, they come to Jesus. 
but where he goes, they will follow. Did you see that? They don't stop at mere recognition, but they trust so much in the voice that they recognize that they're willing to follow wherever he leads. They're willing to be all in no matter what. But the problem with many Christians today is we come to the place of recognizing the voice of God. We may even have an emotional moment in the presence of God. We'll come to Him from time to time and respond to Him, but we fail to follow Him because there are so many other voices and distractions all around that grab a hold of our attention. It's vital, church, listen carefully, it's vital that we not only hear the voice of God, but that we obey what He is calling us to do. Yet obedience requires one more step. That brings us to our final directive today. We've got to hear the voice of God. We've got to pay attention to the voice of God. We've got to obey the voice of God. But here's the hard one. We've got to be willing. We must respond to the voice of God. There's a difference between obedience and response. Many times we'll give partial obedience. Oh, come on now. God's calling us for a all-in, a full response. James chapter 1, verse 22. But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Why? Otherwise, you were only fooling yourself. You see, it's not enough just to hear the voice of God. It's not enough to just pay attention to the voice of God. It's not enough just to, to obey. Now we've got to respond. Young Samuel had to respond. He had to call out, yes, Lord, speak to me. Your servant is listening. And then God gave him a command, and Samuel in the moment had a choice to make. Am I willing to be all in? Am I willing to do what God has called me to do? God's voice calls for response. But let me be honest with you. Sometimes that response is going to take you out of your comfort zone. Sometimes it's going to be quite difficult, maybe even a little bit scary. It's going to require you to step into unchartered territory, the unknown land. But it's in those moments that we've got to trust Him. We've got to learn to trust the very voice of God, just as the sheep trust the shepherd. God has a plan for your life, a plan for good, a, a plan that's not for disaster, but a plan of hope and a future. In the book, Immediate Obedience, Pastor Rod Loy, a great Assemblies of God pastor in Arkansas, he says this, God won't give you the next word until you obey his last word. Come on, look at that. God's not going to give you the next step. God's not going to lay it out for you anymore until you follow and respond to what he just told you to do. 
In the book All In by Pastor Mark Batterson, he says this, one of our fundamental spiritual problems is this, we want God to do something new while we keep doing the same old thing. I'm not going to ask you to respond, but how many of you are guilty of that? Man, God, why aren't you doing a new thing in my life, God says, because you keep doing the old stuff. Are we willing to be all in? Sometimes, many times, oftentimes, that's going to require something different. Young Samuel, three times, went to Eli. Yes, I hear you. What are you saying to me? That fourth time, he could have said, no, 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 no. I don't want to listen to what Eli said. I'm just going to go back to him again because surely he's just playing tricks on me. Right? Eli said, no, no, this time, go back and say, yes, Lord, your servant listens. Young Samuel had to do something different in order to hear the voice of God. Are you willing to be all in with and for Jesus? Are you willing to go beyond just the ordinary the regular, the routine. No matter what, for Jesus. Again, in the book All In by Pastor Mark Batterson, he says, when did we start believing that God wants to send us to safe places to do easy things? That faithfulness is holding the forts. That playing it safe is safe. Faithfulness is not holding the fort. It's storming the gates of hell. The will of God is not an insurance plan. It's a daring plan. It's time to quit living as if the purpose in life is to arrive safely at death. It's time to go all in and all out for the all in all. See, now is our chance. Now is our opportunity to say, Lord, I'm ready to do something different. God, I'm ready to be all in for you. God, I'm going to change the frequency that I've been listening to. I'm going to change the channel of that which I've been letting pour into my mind. And Lord, I'm going to tune in to you. I'm going to heed your call. God, I'm going to put action to my faith. Now is the time to throw it all on the table. Now is the time to go all in. To fully advance kingdom of God. Are you with me? I don't know about you, but that's where I'm going. That's where Encounter Church is going. You have a choice. You can hang out on the sideline or you can get in the field. No matter what, 
Are you willing to be all in? Would you bow your heads with me today? God, Lord, we need you. God, we can't do this by ourselves. We hear you calling. But Lord, we want to move beyond just perceiving an auditory sound. Lord, we want to move into the place of personalizing, of implementing, of following through with what you're calling us to do. Lord, we're ready to be all in. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, a couple of questions I've got to ask you. The first is this. You're here today and you say, Pastor, I don't have Jesus in my life. I haven't ever asked him to forgive me. Maybe, maybe you did and you just walked away from him. He's knocking at the door of your life right now. You ready? You're here and you say, I need to give my life to Jesus. If that's you, would you raise your hand? Yeah, there's one. Come on, this is the first step. This is that first step. Is that you? There's another. Give just a moment, we're moving on. Okay, now I'm going to get really personal. You're here today. You've been playing it safe. If you're honest with yourself and honest with God, you haven't really been all in. All you're showing up, church, going through some of the motions. But you really haven't been all in. And today you say, Pastor, I'm ready to do something different. That's you. Raise your hand. Yes, I've got several hands all over the room. All over the room. Hands going up this morning. Come on, is that you? If you would, across the house, would you stand with me? Prayer partners, I need every prayer partner I have in the room this morning. I need every prayer partner to come and line the front of the room. Every leader, every prayer partner I've got. Now here's the response. Here's the response. God's calling out to you, just like he called to young Samuel. He's calling you by name right now. You've responded and said, I've heard the audible voice. But now it's time to respond. As the worship team begins to lead us in this song, if you raise your hand for either question, I want you to leave your seat. I want you to come find one of our prayer partners. Tell them why you've come so they can pray for you appropriately. Tell them why you've come and let them let them petition heaven on your behalf. God, Lord, we receive that challenge. 
Lord, we see those, God, that you will speak into their hearts. Lord, some raise their hand, some haven't yet. But Lord, I pray that you'll give us boldness to respond to you, to do something different, to be all in. Lord, right now, in Jesus' name, are you ready? Here we go.